Pickaxe. everybody out there welcome to extended rest for the month of january i'm jason i'm normally the dungeon master but tonight we're going to be going over the most recent crop of episodes from dungeons and randomness let's do that thing where we go around the table and introduce ourselves starting with james oh first it's been a while you are i'm james and i play masoka on group a i respect your beard game thank you i just want to be like you Actually, but don't. <laughs> Karen. Oh, hi. I'm Karen, and I play Kelly on Group B. And Robert. Hey, I'm Rob. I played Ubo until a recent tragic vampire accident. And Maddie's slow. Yeah, I was going to say the person whose fault it is. <laughs> yeah, Susan. Have been you, no. I, here's the thing. Here's the other thing. I saw on Facebook, I saw you, Kurt, I saw you post, and it's like, oh, we're just going to talk about Ubo. There were other <laughs> things that happened. We're going to talk mostly about Ubo. <laughs> what other stuff? There was a Group B episode in there. That's why Karen's here. Yay. <laughs> Susan! I mean, I don't know how to follow that up, but... Uh... <laughs> I play Madeline Riawin, the human cleric on Group A. <laughs> How does it feel to be responsible for Ubo's death? Let's just kick. <laughs> let's just kick things off. Like let's. My new plan is to just keep hitting you till you agree to do a second book, and that's that's my that's just I'm I'm just kind of throwing that out there, testing the waters. If that doesn't work, I'll go back to being nice, but. Seriously, Ubo's death, your fault. Why? And now you know how I felt with every NPC in Malchus. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault we fell into a tyrannical dystopia. Can't <laughs> think about the consequences. Oh, seven, you, you didn't map that out for 17 years in advance. <laughs> you know that's got... how okay. boring the world would have been if Malchus hadn't acted the way he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I made it what it is today. He gave adventurers <laughs> purpose. <laughs> so Ubo's death is technically Rob's fault. Yeah, yeah. I I I misjudged how to, I, I was like, well, if we we were with the countess and we didn't pick the fight. And if we could have possibly picked the fight and won it, surely this lackey vampire is like Someone we can, you, you know, I can I can fight for catharsis. It was not so. <laughs> we we wanted to fight. We did. It was suicide. Well, let's 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 take a. I mean, he ran. He, he ran. I you know I was sitting there. I, I don't know how many of you were. If if I said it in the episode or in the behind the scenes stuff, but I was sitting there. I was like kicking myself because I was like. I thought about fairy fire and I thought about more damage and I did damage and then he ran and he wasn't glow in the dark. So I couldn't chase him. Dude, here's the thing. I, and I told you this in the moment, you could do the coulda, woulda, shoulda thing. Yeah. 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 Hindsight 2020. And here's the thing. We're going to talk about Trent and Clifford. We got a group B to talk about first. Don't you dare blame Trent. 
<laughs> and Clifford is like the top Leave Trent dealer. alone. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, but let's kick things off uh, with Group B. Let's talk because we did record another session and that one hasn't gone up yet. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like there's been a lot of preparation on Group B and this is this is just me guessing now trying to look ahead do you think we'll be closing out arc three with group b and brightport attempting to do what they're going to do i mean probably not <laughs> i mean i would love to unless, i mean we should probably be smarter about the things that we're doing um which we're not <laughs> um but like that would be nice to like actually see an end to it uh new rule too because rob's here mm. uh tell rob what group b is doing oh um we're we basically collected an army of cord paladins <clears throat> wait hold on latest episode yeah we went to the hidden temple we went to the Hidden Temple to try to get some follower to talk to the followers of Vecna. Okay. And we are collecting people so we can go to Brightport to uh I guess take care of the black hand. By take hey, care of coming. Yeah. coming. By take Who care of attempted to kill our our fake mom. <laughs> <laughs> take care of it, you know? Just deal with it. <clears throat> I like it. It's a good plan. It's it's balls. I, I hope you don't have to deal with DRP. <laughs> that's uh... that's the other complication because we never do things the straight straight route. We always screw it up for ourselves and make it way more layered and complicated. So on Patreon, there's a group called DRP. Uh, you may have heard of them. They've been on the main feed before. Uh, they come back every couple of years, like fucking dracula and they 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 haunt the feed and then they go away for a couple of years and they come back um but in their recent incarnation um i i, I think this might be the worst they've ever been and we have some group b players on drp working against group b in the long term but they don't know that so what kind of challenge do you think that's going to be? Let's let okay, let's toss out the uh, perhaps inevitable, you know, group DRP group B mashup episode. Let's let's put that How difficult is it to play on either one of those groups and knowing that you are actively dicking yourself over <laughs> later on down the line? The better one group does, the worse the other does. As Karen, who plays on DRP, it's really not hard because <laughs> I'm just an asshole and I do whatever the fuck I want to do. Um, as Karen, who plays on Group B, it's so fucking hard not to metagame any of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that multiple timelines weren't enough. We had to... <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, and also, Rob, we're, um, both groups are potentially going to the same area. Oh, to look really? for the same th to look for the same thing. Mm -hmm. A so, race. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, so they're racing against themselves. And uh, James is. 
James is on DRP, and I gotta... Okay, mm-hmm. do you have any trepidation about potentially dicking over Group B? Well, I'm not in Group B. <laughs> that wasn't the I question. Should, <laughs> I should no, and I was like, I know this answer, and then I stopped myself. <laughs> that sounds like a whole heaping helping and not my problem. I mean, not, <laughs> no, personally, friendship-wise, I don't want to screw friends, but right. game-wise... We always play the character. I see. That's the that's the right answer. That's the that okay in this friendship circle. I feel like that's the ripcord in the parachute. It's like you can't. I was playing my character, but not in a dicky alignment way. In a hey, we can't pretend. No metagaming, That that stuff. And there's usually no hard feelings. I could count on one hand how many times previously, way back in the day, there was hard feelings about stuff. But. Uh, and that's kind of one of those things like you you need to like take the temperature of as a group. But then like there are times where like when everybody's on the same page about what's going to happen, it can even enhance things. Right. Like mm. like the you don't know or your character doesn't know that my character has secret X, but the player knows and the player can do something like really awkwardly on the nose about it just to like twist the knife a little more or something like that. (laughs) Those kind of things can be really, really fun. And they're like the drama you get in a TV show or a movie or something where it's like, Oh, someone didn't know that this was a sensitive thing for me and did the exact thing that I don't want to happen. Right. Yeah. I think it's really hard, like from a group B perspective, because we do so much planning and like, we're so meticulous about some things and like, from a DRP perspective, like we're just doing a thing and like, I don't really have to worry about all that planning. So it's really easy for me, like in that sense to just like, just do it. But like, <laughs> so does it sometimes feel like you were building a sandcastle and then like every month or so you run by to knock down some of your progress. <laughs> nah, okay. it's like, kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about the elephant in the room a bit. We're going to circle back around to group B. Don't worry. We're not done with you, Karen. Okay. Let's talk about Ubo. I think that it can be a tremendously hard thing to do to leave a session in a high state of tension or emotional drama and then walk away for three or four weeks and then come back and try to jump right back in like you haven't missed a beat. And I feel like Group A did that for three months in a row, and you did a great job. Because we didn't write it out ahead of time of when Uba was going to leave or when he was going to do it. We just knew it was coming. And I almost feel like the group wanted to stall and keep that from happening. It's like, well, maybe Rob will change his mind. Rob doesn't change his mind very uh, very easily when it comes to that type of stuff. When you've decided it's it's the right thing to do for the character, it's uh, yeah, yeah. That that um on the point that you said about about picking up the drama with with like month long breaks in between. I honestly, when, when I came back to the table, I <clears throat> didn't have that same kind of like tension and and like you know, um. <sighs> You know, I was, I was, I'm sure you guys heard it in me. Rob at the table was very um, bummed about, about how that vampire encounter went. Um, 
to, to the point where I was, I was just super frustrated. I think I like stayed up an hour after the session was over to just like cool off, you know, like read something mm-hmm. or, or that kind of thing. But then, you know, the, it's, it's cool to have these big gaps between sessions that are often like three weeks at a time, four weeks at a time. Cause it gives me time to cool off, collect my head and like, think about like, okay, what happened happened. Like, let's figure out where to go from here. And all I could think about was like, Ubo has had such a defeating chain of um, of events, uh, significantly by his own doing, uh, admittedly, but that that he is at the point where his desire to stop messing up and harming the people he cares about supersedes his promise to stay and try to help them. Like he he had he had basically come to the conclusion that like. If I if I leave, they're likely to solve this more easily than if I stick around, you know, and so to to have then to become, you know, in in the sense of contracting vampirism, absolute anathema to everything he believed in. He was, you know, and and it was so it was so cool that we had had that conversation early. I think, Susan, you're the one who actually brought no, no, Susan brought up that we were going to go see the mountain. Who brought? Who um, actually reminded me that um, Ubo had Ubo had made everybody promise if anyone turned to undead that we would we would Xavier. kill him. Xavier. Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. Yeah. It, so so Susan Susan had that Ubo had promised Maddie that they would see a sunrise on the mountain together, and Xavier had, dude, like think back. You made everyone promise to knock you off if if you became undead. And said you'd do the same for them. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, like these these pieces that we, you know, they turned into foreshadowing that we did not at all set up and they ended up kind of kind of too perfect. Um, so it was, re- it was really cool that, that like Rob at the table was feeling like it's time for Ubo to go. And that I had, we had that cool little nugget of history that Ubo had made everybody promise that could be um, fulfilled, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be real honest with you, Rob. Mm-hmm. After that session where you, like, we spent a, like a half hour, 45 minutes going over, uh, Ubo is not going to accept this. Ubo is going to let himself go. Like, me personally, but the, I think this was like my stage of grief for Ubo. Mm. I was upset. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, I was like, no, he cannot do that. I'm going to fix this. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. It was like best there's friends. there's so many solutions. <laughs> the first one friend. that said we could be best friends. <laughs> 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 like I was very upset, but like as the weeks went on, like that that time period where we could step away and think about what our characters would want. Like Maddie's like different from me, and she would have thought about what what Ubo would have wanted. Mm-hmm. So she would have been able to catch on earlier than susan would susan would be susan was angry (laughs) not at you at this situation susan susan yells a lot guys i just (laughs) like don't be taken in by the bubbly teehee personality Mm. thing on camera she hits she she, yes which is why we work long distance No, but it, like it, I came to terms with it. Like Maddie would recognize this is what Uba wants because they have been like this since like day yeah. one. 
Yeah. And she would have been able to know he wouldn't accept this. Mm-hmm. And and almost to the point where, um, like, I, I thought back on Ubo's Ubo's time in the party, and I was like, wow, like, I I if if I had a regret, I would say I didn't necessarily interact with the other party members as much as I interacted with Maddie. That I kind of, um, I kind of talked to the rest of the party through Maddie, or like always kind of checked with Maddie first before conversations extended into the party or things like that. Um, so I, I think, I think it would have been cool to see those relationships develop more. Certainly when everyone was kind of saying goodbye to Ubo, it was like Aster comes up and it's like, well, what, what do we talk about? Right? Like we, in, in a lot of ways, we didn't really, um, develop that interaction much. Um, but also like once the, once the heat of the moment wore off with a couple weeks between sessions and everything, like I was I, I started looking at the opportunity to play a new character and and I've said this before in a lot of different DNR recordings. I picked I, I created Ubo to play against my type and challenge me to stretch mm-hmm. my range. And it was getting tiring, right? It, it, it like like if I had to look back at it, it was really tough to sit down. And I, I was looking back at the Ubo tweets, right? I've been playing him for two and a half years on DNR. I had been I have been a, yeah, go. I, I was just going to say, we don't, we, we do have a show and we're very much, um, we're very much of the opinion, uh, what's canon is canon. We don't just willy nilly introduce people. So when you roll up a character, all of us have to be prepared to play that character for the long haul, whatever that is. And Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it seems like just yesterday we started arc two, but that was over two and a half years ago. Yeah. So it was, it was nuts. And it was, um, it, it, I am as, as much as I know, just the, the outpouring on Twitter, on Facebook, in the discord, so on and so forth, like everybody making fan art of Ubo's final moments or, or telling me that they burst into tears at work or everything like that was, that was oh. exceptional and very special to to have that impact on you. Me um, too. Because <laughs> certainly, like, I mean, if you if you listen to the behind the scenes stuff, you know, of that episode, once we let Ubo go, I'm like, yeah, I cried. I, I cried right here, you know, while we're playing the game. Like, it's it was um, we really made it uh, very, very momentous and meaningful. Um, but but at the same time, like, I'm. I'm super looking forward to playing something that is more in my lane rather than, um, you, you know, stretching myself was a good experiment uh, and, a, and a good experience. Now let's never do it again. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get back to playing, to playing uh, Robbie Rob things that Rob does. Um, so I'm looking talkie, forward to that. Talkie characters. Talkie, yeah. <laughs> that being it's good, said, though. Do you want to give people a hint as to what uh, you and I sat down and rolled up? Well, do we, um, are, are we like going, I haven't been on an extended rest in a while, apparently. Do we go over the episode still like proper or do we like. We're just talking, man. We just talk. Okay. We're just okay. talking. We talk. I, I got, I got a few questions to ask you guys about Ubo's death and how things could have went here and there and just character reactions. But I figured uh, that that links up pretty nicely to what we were just talking about. Maybe just a clue as to what you're going to be playing. Uh, I'm here for this. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. N- n- I mean, none of you know all that's right. All the cast knows is that 
I sat down and I rolled my ability scores with Jason, and then I had to post those 46 drop the lowest, um, the the stack of 46 drop the lowest rolls because they were obscene. This character does not have an ability score below a 14. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god! It's it's, it's, it's big time. Uh, I just yeah. I just clicked those. I just I I made a 46 macro, and I was just like click 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 click, and it was just like streak of like seriously it was like 18 18 17 18 16 it's like <laughs> what, what? I'm like it was a lot i want to redo don't tell don't tell michael oh he's, yeah uh, the, the oh, he yeah he's he's kind of he's he's kind of a a, a paragon of uh of uh you, you know of, of among heroes i guess but no so um i am playing a Red Dragonborn, multi-class, Paladin of Conquest, Swashbuckler Rogue, which adds up real weird. Um, but there are cool, there are cool ways to make it work. And once I saw them, I was so. Some of you might have seen at some point. I told Jason like I'm going to play either a sorcerer or a fighter sorcerer. I'm going to mix something up like that. But when I pitched my idea for that character. We came to the conclusion rather quickly that, like, J- Jason was like, well, we can make this work. We can make this work. But, like, the message he sent me before he said that was, like, dragons in Theria are not like dragons in stock D&D in very important ways. They're not smart. They don't hoard wealth. They don't do all the things that you're identifying as dragon stereotypes. And I was like, well, let me stick that back in a box and save it for a campaign right. where it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so there are more then, forces of nature here. They're more like, yeah, that that they're not. Yeah, Plotting they're just and, yeah, they're they're yeah. They're, it's it's like a tornado. It's like a yeah. It comes in, it destroys, it eats, and it leaves. Uh, so so then I started cooking over. I, I said, well, the the thing that I was I was kind of like married to was like being like super intimidating. So I was looking at different ways to do that. The whole reason Paladin Rogue even came up was that I wanted I wanted the the intimidation factor of of having an insane intimidation stat, but also like the tankiness of a frontliner. But all the classes that get expertise um, are lighter weight. So I had to mix rogue with paladin to get my, uh, so when this character enters the game, he will have a, an intimidate of 13. Oh my God. I was about to say, it doesn't really matter if you roll 28 somehow on all yeah. of his rolls. Like it doesn't like, <laughs> oh it's fine. my gosh. So, so yeah, it's, it's a mashup of it's, it's Paladin five, uh, Paladin of conquest five, uh, swashbuckler rogue four, um, and dual wielding, no less, uh, Warhammer. Oh and is that, is That's that how weird. he's going to join the group? He's just going to intimidate his way in. He's just, yeah, he's, he's just going to yell at you want, until he's a part of it. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> Hello, friends! And that's it. Like that's it's. This is my group like, now. Yeah. Like the JRPG pop-up messages, like so and so forced his way into the party without your consent. <laughs> yes. Oh. You thought he was gone, and you turn around, and he's just there. Yeah. And so, so the reason I just keep saying this character, this character, this character is because I have struggled mightily all week to give him a name, and Dragonborn names are really hard to come up with for me apparently. So I don't have a name yet, but. That's what you're getting. Uh, Paladin of um, that goddess's name is Alvarin, the goddess of uh, justice. Oh, oh, no. yeah, we, know, we know her. Yeah. <laughs> so, that okay. Rob. 
You told me to keep this brief, and I didn't. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, we're here to talk. I don't care. You were um, excited. Yeah. yeah. That, I love to see you excited, and I got to see it twice this month, which is mm. rare. It's like two eclipses. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just even keeled. I'm not. You're you're reserved. Is you make is, me sound depressing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to see what this character does because it's going to be a wild departure from Ubo. And um, did you listen to the episode after Ubo was gone? I have downloaded it. I have not yet listened to it, but it's it's on my phone to hear. Okay. Well, could have used you. It, yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about that in just. I I want to I want to talk about that in just a second because we got a uh, question from Math Guy Dave, and I thought I we've had a couple of people ask essentially how did Ubo go? Because I thought we kind of covered it in a tasteful way, but maybe it was too vague. So, um, Ubo was going to die because of the virus pumping through his, uh, his blood. Now, when you're bitten by a vampire, <clears throat> uh, and your body can't fight off that virus, you fail your check, whatever, you're gonna die. It's, it's a death sentence, it's gonna happen. So, you, your body essentially deteriorates, and then you die, and then you reanimate. Mm-hmm. The group just didn't let Ubo reanimate. Yeah, like, uh, I was, I effectively was, like, we did the sunrise thing so that I could kind of lay in the sun as I died so that it wouldn't, it, there would never be a moment where he got back up. He never actually, he died of vampirism, but he did never, he never had to become a vampire, which right. I think is about as, as pure of, of a death as you can go as far as Ubo is concerned with that. So... Right. This is going to be a little crass, but I like to think that Maddie knew that Ubo would go out screaming, you know, because he's on fire. <laughs> it's so, not a fun way. Like, no, yeah, like there's no easy way to go out that way. So I like to think Maddie did mercy again. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe. Like staked him through the heart before he died, or cut his head off. I mean, that's a little crass, Jason. Look, okay, <laughs> I look at it like this: once Ubo's dead, it's not Ubo anymore, and it wasn't going to be yeah. Ubo when Ubo came back. So, I mean, it meant so much to him that I thought one, it would be a little, it would be a little less tasteful to have this beautiful sunrise and then you guys say goodbye <laughs> and then. Ubo's group, uh, they, they let him go, and then he stands up, Wah! and just, he's on fire, he's running around the top of the mountain, everyone roll initiative, like, I thought that would be less classy, so. so yeah. He jumps on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ubo would have been totally on board for being staked, too, right? Because, like, he, he, you know, it's one thing to, like, lay in the sun till you die, it's another thing to actually, like, you know, like he made you guys promise, please kill me, I don't want to be this right. thing, so. So he'd be doubly as pissed. Like, he would be on fire, and he's like, guys, you had one job, and, you know, <laughs> then turned to ash. But, yeah. so, we are short and Ubo. Henceforth, on the party. Now, getting down the mountain. <laughs> Here's what happened. I'm going to explain this to the best of my ability. Now, 
Trent did say goodbye to the party. Which, I'm not understanding the hate for Trent. Trent did, he didn't get in the way. He, he did a great job. He was helpful. Informative. And then he left. He took his leave. He was like, hey, uh, everybody good luck. Uh, I'm gonna go see about a girl. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Until you said that, I had nothing wrong with Trent. <laughs> Trent deserves love, okay? Yeah, like, when we had that scene, it was fine. <laughs> I was actually, like, on his side in the divide. Oh, my God. Um, Clifford, so... Clifford's a divisive figure. <clears throat> And I would love to get everyone's thoughts in the chat in just a moment. So the, 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 the group's descending the mountain and uh, they happen upon some really rare uh, wildflowers that, 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 that are great for you know, healing potions, stuff like that. Like we're talking a couple of, couple of grand's worth of, you know, rare, rare herbs. Unfortunately, this was also right in the same area as uh, Hill Giants. And the group rolled poorly. And what was it? Four Hill Giants? Four. Six? Yes. Yeah. Four. Four. Yes. Four. So four Hill Giants uh, just start kicking the shit out of the party. Now, they had the option of running. But Clifford really wants to be like Masoka. <laughs> and he really wants to impress. To his credit, he stabbed him some hill giants. Let Discuss. me let me give you some insight. Just like a little scene into next episode. We haven't recorded it yet, but I know. He's <laughs> just gonna pick I know this the kid first up and Masoka's gonna say to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie's gonna have some words. <laughs> there were some clear instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, I I understand why he's a divisive character. Kid characters, I okay, I can think of one child character that I ever liked in any piece of media. That was Clementine from The Walking Dead. That was it. Mm. That's it. Like it was a kid character done right. Like she develops, she's she's not overbearing. She, you know, it, it's really great. Almost every other chi every other child character runs that Anakin you know, Phantom Menace vibe for me. It's, it's, you know, that being said, he's 12. He's doing his best. Yeah. He's like, he's not a useless party member. No, but he's also he not a helpful party member. Most of the time. It's interesting. See, here's the thing. It's going to be, I, I like Clifford. I think he's really cool and adds some depth to the character, but he also didn't follow instructions. He did not. <laughs> He did not, no. Because like every 12-year-old, he thinks he fucking knows everything. Yes. And what sucks is there hasn't been – there hasn't been a moment where he's been truly proven wrong yet. Like, okay, yeah. if he ran in and he just got the crap kicked out of him and he didn't hit anything and he, we call that pulling a Masoka. But like if there was <laughs> – I, I love you, James. I, I, but I just... No, no, no. Masoka runs in and hits everything. 
slices their heads off. You haven't heard and, the you know, least episode. Uh, and no one gets hurt. Doesn't, doesn't ask anything in return. <laughs> <laughs> the kicker to all this, Rob, is that James had the worst dice night I think I've ever, yes. ever oh, seen no. him have. His luck ran out fully. I think, <laughs> like... Which leads me to believe that Rob is my charm. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. you can't you have to be there from here forward or I'm screwed. Well, I, I hope it's me and not Ubo, because if it's Ubo, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Ubo was supportive. <laughs> in his own, in his own way. way, yeah. Can I ask a question? <clears throat> and this is for Group A, but I want Karen in on this, too, and everybody out there. Because Ubo died, is there an extra incentive to deal with the Countess issue? Do you blame the Countess in some capacity for Ubo's death? I feel like this isn't a me question or I would answer. Well, okay. Yeah. How do you feel about it? What's that? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, the, certainly there is a chain of causality that includes her, I guess. <laughs> that was right? the most diplomatic answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, um, I, I don't want it, to... If we do end up going that route in Group A, it'll be funny to be in there and, like, be in her castle and everyone's killing her. And, it's, and everyone's like, this is for Ubo. And my kid will be like, who? um so so yeah it'll uh and it'll certainly be cathartic for rob if we take her out um because i mean uh, rob didn't like her period in the same way that ubo didn't like her um but but yeah it'll be it'll, it'll be weird for for my character to like have no particular familiarity with this being deeply personal ashley uh ashley in the chat says it was Trent's fault. <laughs> well, I mean, Trent, Trent is unfairly derided. If you're going to, you know, like, bring it back, like, you could say, oh, it's Ripley's fault because he was trying to find Trent. Or Group B. And, and then it was... I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to trace it back to the source, I mean, it's probably Jamie's fault for letting Ripley get away. <laughs> you know what? Ooh. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I love you, Jamie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't feel like it's Trent's fault. He was being pursued. Uh, it's not, it's not his fault. He did nothing wrong and he was being hunted, uh, cause he didn't want to be a vampire. I, I think that's as noble as Ubo, honestly. Uh, Trent and Ubo right here in nobility terms. Is is probably more noble than Ubo. Ubo. <laughs> Ubo Ubo became less noble as time went on. Trent did a lot of stuff, dude. He's oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He hung out with I bandits mean, and tried to impress them. And Bree, Bree's in the chat saying, like, well then it's Malchus's fault for causing the war. I mean if we want to go back all the way, like like <laughs> it's Jason's it's fault for writing it. It's Jason's fault for creating a universe of misery. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you didn't have to put vampires in there. Yeah, you could, you could Jason. Have, why could you do this? Why did you do this? They could you have all think been about nice. Thanos snapping this world and saving us all the trouble, Jason. 
Look. All the heartache. This is my third go around. <laughs> with a boss vampire. Let me have it. It's going well. The oh. first two tanked hard. Mm, I've yeah. waited eight years for this. Just let me have it. We should have just smoked her. Like... <laughs> oh, man. I... If wait. I knew that if she died, everyone, all the other vampires would like drop dead or something, sure, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're, they're networked. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think Basoka would have a problem with being a vampire. I know other people would though, <laughs> and that's probably the only thing. Because Clifford asked him if he should bite him right when they were hiding out there. That's the. Th- I don't think Clifford knows. That that's wrong. Like, he understood... Well, okay. Depends on his parents, I guess. Well, okay. He knows (laughs) that doing it against someone's will is wrong. Like, he understood, like, (laughs) on a base level why Ubo wouldn't... But, like, let's say Masoka was sick. Mm. I don't think he would see that as wrong. It's like, yeah, I I got you. I got you, buddy. Like, don't worry about it. You'll be back as good as new. Good to know. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think he that would think that's That just brings up wrong. so many terrible possibilities. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think the listeners will be, uh, will be quite interested to know, is the plan to ditch Clifford? Is, um, Clifford, a, is Clifford a permanent hanger-on, or is Clifford bound for, like, Aubrey? I think... Because of his connection to Masoka, he's part of the group. Oh, now. my. It's a big responsibility. Hey, but there's yeah. sort of an ethical thing there. Like, he's got vampire powers, maybe, that we haven't seen yet. And you have to travel at night. I know. He's 12. But, like... Does what that is that, like, what's that in theory? Like, do you get married at 12? Like, what's... <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I would say it's not like a 12-year-old now. Like, he's hunted and stuff like that. He's a little more okay with murder than he probably should be at 12. But I think he kind of views this as a bit of a game. Like, not a game game, but like, oh, I'm an adventurer. The rules don't apply to me the same as they do. Like, I'm... That's a little worrisome. But... I, I don't want to really give an opinion right now because I think... I think our next episode will probably answer that question. Yeah. But at the same time, I can imagine it. Us leaving him behind and then him going, Masoka, don't leave me behind. And then we're all like, oh, no, don't cry. (laughs) And then he's just like, why are you doing this? You're the only person I've ever known to trust me. Like, would you leave that behind? (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, then Masoka will just hide him in his backpack. <laughs> just feed him some like blood every once in a while. Just like yeah. here's like a pigeon. Uh, just 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 need him in a backpack with like the viewing window for the like, cats. <laughs> like a cat carrier. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, what's up? I said we weren't done with you. <laughs> Druids shape shifting. Let's give let's give listeners a sneak peek. What can they look forward to? You got a new ability because you guys leveled up. You've never used it before. Level 10. Druid. 
That's halfway up the like that group A is the furthest we've ever been in in fifth edition right now. What badass shit do you break out in the next episode? Give me a sneak peek. Break them off with something. Bad decisions. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> like really bad decisions, guys. <laughs> I'm all for this. Explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I can fly. Now you'd think that would make things easier, wouldn't you? (laughs) In theory, yes. (laughs) We'll see you in February for that. Um, Really, really bad happens. Now I have to catch up. Tell me after this call. (laughs) Oh. I will. Thank you. <laughs> telling me. Bree, I feel so attacked. In the... Wait, Jason, how did you ruin flight? I didn't ruin anything. Jason, that's a valid question. I, <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to say dragons? Oh, no. no. Okay. That would be so easy. That would be too predictable. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. See, I don't know anything, so that was not a spoiler. What's yet. the last thing you'd expect? earth <laughs> just 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 keep it up here wait till february the last thing you'd expect to happen just... or after this call because i'm not gonna wait <laughs> you agree wild, to a second book and i'll flying. tell you it'll be <laughs> so karen you're muted i don't understand how the group keeps letting me do things because like because you seem really point, confident like, at this point, like, yeah, and I was very confident when I got two of our party members killed by a fucking dragon. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's true. Just don't they're, ever let me do anything ever. They're okay. It all ends up well in the end. You're fine. Yep. <clears throat> <It's> fine. <laughs> they're doing fantastic. So, let's talk about Patreon for just a minute. Uh, everybody out there who is subscribed to our Patreon, thank you so much for supporting the show and allowing us to do what we do for you guys each and every month. Now, uh, we reworked everything, top to bottom. Uh, Bree was kind enough to make logos for everything. We're doing new themes. We're doing, like, everything's getting a top to bottom makeover. Part of that uh, is a few things. One, we added two new games to our uh, our epic tier, uh, Stars Without Number, Uh uh, Rob, Susan, tell them a little bit about the session we recorded, because it isn't up yet. It's going to go up uh, beginning of uh, February. Uh, how would Susan, you describe... Do you, how you want you... to, or do you want me to? Or I, go I ahead. Sell them. Um, we... Do, do I... So... I'm debating how much to pitch, right? Like, do well... I pitch the premise... Well, okay, so Rob likes talky characters, and then mine was opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a little goth? Not goth, but like a little like... <clears throat> Raven? Very low-key. Yeah, very, it's like, whatever, I don't care. Like, just kind of... <laughs> not Susan. <clears throat> I don't need many words. That was it. <laughs> Um, we, we have, we have quite a collection of misfits. Um, mm-hmm. 
I am playing a psychic healer who is way way too sensitive about about pain being caused to others and is probably going to complicate the uh, the the mission by trying to not hurt people because sometimes you have to hurt people in space. Um, Ian is playing Daft Punk Chewbacca. It's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, Bree is, I picture, uh, Bree's character played by, what is that actress's name from NCIS, the goth girl? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, with the black hair. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, Parker, it's, it's Polly, something, Polly. Polly No, but it's oh. definitely not that. Okay. Um, and yeah, she's like a, she's like a, uh, uh, goth hacker. And... Uh, Susan is playing a, uh, like a socially awkward, um, mechanic pilot of many, of Pi- pilot very and, little words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, I guess let, let me give you the general pitch rather and just like try not to expand too much into, um, into, you know, the actual content of the episode. Um, that we are using kind of a lot of the stock history of stars without numbers. So there was a scream, the, the big <laughs> psychic phenomena that knocked out all the, all the warp gates and uh, basically uh, isolated all the worlds and space stations from one another. Uh, and of course, many of them were dependent on other ones and collapsed and some of them are still functioning. We're on a space station uh, so big that it like, since our and so old that since our characters have been born, there are places on this space station we've never been to, like sections that were shut down a long time ago to preserve power and things like that. Or, or you know, it, it's a space station that's so big that parts of it can be forgotten. And I have one spoiler, one really good spoiler. Okay, penguins. Penguins. Yes. Penguins. <laughs> that's it. I'm not going to go into any more details. Huh. So, so we are we are we are living on this space station, and it's literally all that we've ever known. We have never been on the surface of the planet. My gosh, that's going to be traumatizing being on a planet, right? you guys. If that With happens, different somewhere. gravity and temperatures, oh my gosh. And, and and sky. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, so, so yeah. Um, uh, through the course of the session, uh, perhaps we go searching for opportunities to not be on this space station for the rest <laughs> of our lives. Uh, and, uh, there's not, there's not a ton of session because a lot of it was like Jason, Jason, like the, the unfortunate part was like, we were like, Jason was like, all right, do whatever you want for your characters. And so we all just like came up with backstories and brought them to the table. And Jason was like, okay, here's the world backstory. And we were like, every single one of us needs to change. (laughs) So yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't think that would be so, uh, hindering. Yeah, uh, so so we took it. We spent half of this episode in the workshop, like retooling our backgrounds to fit the pitch. Um, but then we get going, and I'm looking forward to the actual like like thrust of this campaign uh, and playing playing stars, playing stars without number. I'm so psyched to see more of this system from the player side. And I it, I was very proud of you guys for adjusting uh, because it was like that session is interesting in that it was half improv class. Half, you know, half RPG session, and uh, like I don't think we've ever done that, um, where we just kind of like merge the two. It's like, well, it's not long enough to just be its own thing session wise, and 
I'm afraid people won't get the gist of these characters as much without that part. So let's just smush it together. Yeah. And so it'll, it'll be neat for you guys to, uh, I think, hear us uh, talking through the process, right? Like uh, it'll, that'll be a fun little behind the scenes widget. And then you'll know who we are and we will go forward and hopefully have mighty fun space adventures. Oh, Jason, uh, Jason, can I, can I, can I pick your brain about the the behind the scenes a little bit? You let me know if I I, I ask too much. Sure, go. Are you planning on generating any significant portion of our content based on like the world generation tables you, in the book? Are you like kind of semi randomizing what we're running into in that fashion? I want to. I like randomizing things, but I do want to utilize the book as much as possible, just because. Mm. Um. Uh, unlike D and D, like this isn't our world. I want to just show up and like how we've been playing Vampire, where it's it's like okay, well, if you went and bought this book off the shelf right now, what could you be in for? What are you expecting? And mm-hmm. I I really like the book and everything in it, so I'm interested in exploring all of that. Like I I want to see what weird planets we mash up when you I'm, when you generate them. I'm really interested in you guys getting to your first planet and stuff. Uh, we also have uh, the Mutants and Masterminds campaign we were talking about, uh, Wardens, uh, which is myself, Zach, Jameson, Alex, uh, Ashley, and us just fumbling around trying to figure out how to play Mutants and Masterminds, which uh, isn't our first episode, but it's definitely our character creation episode and us doing uh, lots of math, so... If you're into that kind of thing, I highly suggest you listen to it. If you're not, jump in about an hour and a half in because you will hear the most frustrated group of, of people <laughs> you've ever heard. I just openly start yelling at one point, and I don't usually do that. Um, but there was a table that just made no sense, and it did like we were banging our. There's literally a part in the book. I don't want to belabor the point, but <clears throat> there's literally a power in the book where you. That, it's like, oh, you have this and this, these two powers. Turn to page 114 to look at this power. And it's like, okay, the power, 114. Turn to page 314 because it's actually called this power. And it's like, you had to write that. <laughs> you made me, is this a prank? Are you fucking with me? And we're two hours in, I just had enough. So <laughs> I, I can tell you why that particular thing happened. It's because with two editions of Mutants and Masterminds behind them, they wanted to have the terms that they used in first and second edition searchable for you to find whatever it became in third edition. Right. Okay. So, so that's, that's why that happened. Um, I really think you guys are going to like that. <clears throat> we also recorded something uh, for people who are into combat. Uh, there's something called Completely Unbalanced, which I'm editing now. Each month, what we're going to do is we're taking... I'd like to get four cast members. Four each month. And <laughs> we're going to sit down and they're just going to... We're just going to... It's like, okay, this month, everyone roll a level five character. And you guys mix and match and mash up whatever you want. And then we sit down and we spin a wheel. On the wheel is everything from uh, one-eighth challenge level monsters to a Tarrasque. Now, <clears throat> we don't know what's going to come up and we don't know how many of those things are going to come up, but there's formulas for everything. This month... We sat down with level 20 Endurance. I'm not going to tell you what they fought, but it was interesting. It was so stupid. <clears throat> it was absolutely stupid. 
and I thought it was really fun. I I'm I was a little it worried was about really that. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found out the class I made wasn't completely broken. So that's fun because we only Yay. got a few more weeks to write. So. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything else they'd like to bring up before we get ready and go? Listeners at home, do you have anything you'd like us to talk about or bring up? Uh, any questions, comments, concerns uh, before we get out of here for the night? Yeah, I was gonna say we do we do an audience questions section, right? They should they should get something for showing up, Jason. That's true. Um, <laughs> make us answer for ourselves. What? Do you... <laughs> yeah, we do make so a, much. Make shit. us justify this thing we do. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. No, where do we get off? What's your favorite color, Susan? Orange. Just Susan, <laughs> I guess. Ashley, that's fine. Weird. That's. Yeah. Thanks. Orange. <laughs> it's blue. It's blue if you care, Ashley. It's fine. I used to like a more bluish purple, but now I like a more like red grape purple. It's mm. good now stuff. I want, now I want some cran apple grape. Some mm. cran grape. Mm. See, I like burnt orange, like that bordering mm. on brown, like that fall color, that very typical. Well, fall color. I, like yeah. fall. I like that. It's yeah. Good. <laughs> All right, colors ranked. Go. <laughs> Green Top and chase anybody you cared. <laughs> we're gonna put we're gonna put this rainbow in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll do a tier list. That's the <laughs> uh, Spider Hawk. Um, what is the epic game of the month that is being released in the lower tiers this month? Oh, so <clears throat> something I failed to mention. Um, we're doing a lot of epic games and stuff, and that's in the fifteen dollar tier. Obviously, not everyone can afford that, so we're also taking an older game and popping it in our $1 tier each month. And we're starting fresh with Vampire the Masquerade. I believe the first episode of that and the behind the scenes for it went in our $1 tier, I think. Uh, Asprey in the chat. She did it. So. Um, D Sheiks asks, what would Ubo have done early in arc two if the orcs had offered him the opportunity to return and live with them? Uh, he would not have felt comfortable with it, right? Because like he was like looking for belonging, but if they just like, were like out of the blue, like, hey, you did you did one cool thing, you're you're good now. It would have been like, you have a history of treating me like a misfit. No, <laughs> right? Like like yeah, he has been, wouldn't uh, have been nice to you. Yeah, he's been the half orc living among orcs all his life and and being the misfit. So that that wouldn't. Like he needed to get out and like see the rest of the world, um, and, and you know, in an, in an alternate universe, maybe that goes better. And Ubo has a uh, a reconnection with his orcish roots, but uh, that's not the story we ended up playing. Mm-mm. Rob, <clears throat> you said a thing earlier. Yeah, you said that Ubo was bitten by a random NPC. I and I said that because I there was stuff that I was not sure if had been revealed that's that's good uh listeners at home would it make you feel better to know that it wasn't an unnamed npc it was an important npc that bit ubo that's all i'm gonna say that's it that's all i got Um, wow wow what is the attitude uh, in orc culture to what uh, what Ubo did? Yeah, actually, you'd have to expand on that because I don't fully understand. Um, what do you mean? The, the, the killing himself instead of being a vampire? I mean, they're probably cool with that. They don't want vampire orcs running around. <laughs> no, orcs. and I, I, I mean, they've done that before. It, it worked out poorly. Um, 
I don't. Yeah. Think okay. So she's talking about him dying. Yeah. Uh, I don't I mean, think they'd be against that. There's honor in it, at least. Like, there's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I am. I imagine it is. It is looked upon poorly by the orcs to become a, a creature of the night, cursed to drink blood, etc. Um, so yeah, but I mean, only, obviously J- Jason confirmed it, but yeah, that, that was always kind of my read of the orcs. And so, uh, that was certainly an orcish cultural thing. In addition to being a druid thing that was like impressed upon Ubo. Ooh, Karen. there's a Karen question. Yeah. Karen, any chance you can divert group B south to see what's happening in Odyssea? No. <laughs> <laughs> This was that flying thing we don't know about. Um, yeah, there's so there's an episode where a lot of things are like put into motion, and that's not an option. <laughs> okay. I mean, it could be possibly like maybe we'd just say fuck whatever we did. Let's go to Odyssea. Who cares about the black hand? So that okay, would be nice. I have, a, I have a question. In the last episode, it was very much black hand driven. Are you still on course to go to Black Tip Forest? Okay, yes. I, yes. Don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to. I almost totally spoiled something earlier, and you like totally stopped me. So like, yes. Okay. We. So okay, me and Susan were talking earlier today, and we reached a part of the book that was interesting because we have to do a write up for everything, and since there's 270 characters in the book, and a certain someone's on the cover, we kind of had to cover the Black Hand and her background. <clears throat> now, how do we do that? We didn't want it just in the book. So you guys pick up the book and it's like, oh, it's right there. Because uh, it kind of deserves some kind of spoiler tag. So we can't just redact the whole thing. That would be kind of a dick move. Though that was my first thought. Hilarious. My first thought was that. And it's like, oh, but come on, that's really funny, guys. But I don't think the people paying $60 for this book are going to think it's too funny later on down the line. So... What we decided to do was print her backstory in demon. There's a demon language. There's a key code and everything that you can look up in the book and decipher the whole thing yourself if you want. But that's on you. Now, the problem is we got Val and we got Jameson working on the book. They can't see this this backstory. So I sent it to just Bree and just Susan so they are the only two people beyond me. Don't throw me under the bus, Jason. I know nothing. <laughs> They're the only two people beyond me who know what she's about, what's going on. We're going to talk after this, right, Susan? <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> but please tell me what happened in the episode that wasn't released. <laughs> I think I think it's time for us to wrap things up for uh, for the night. Thank you guys for joining me uh, as part of the panel. It's nice to have that. Uh, it's nice to have that group A representation. And thank you, Karen, for for just 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 putting all of group B on your back and, and hiking up the mountain. <laughs> yep. I mean, we know you didn't fly. You hiked, but um, yep. <laughs> I can't wait for this episode to drop. Oh, it's so... A lot of things dropped. Uh, so there's... <laughs> was, there, was there like a fight or flight thing that happened? And... Eh, it could be two things. Okay. 
Thank you guys so much. We will see you next month uh, to talk about the, the the next grouping of episodes uh, in February. All of you guys, thank you much. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us and uh, for listening to us. If you haven't, maybe swing on by the old iTunes and give us a review. Where uh, did you guys know that we are almost at a thousand reviews? What? Wow. A thousand. Wow. Have I reviewed? Let me check. <laughs> so if it's you all our family and friends, right? Yeah, that's sort of the, yeah, just no. just extended extended family. <laughs> I, I just I, real quick, Jason. I just loved the the random crotchety prospector you became when you were talking about iTunes. Like head on over to the iTunes. Head on over to the iTunes. Let's yeah. up some of them reviews. Vermin. I I'm actual. I I I'm a little concerned at how often i just slip into a dumb voice like i do it around the house a lot and uh it may be some mental disorder (laughs) some undiagnosed thing i i have been practicing the voice for this new character in the car and i'm like man if the fbi has bugged my car they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna get a slice of something (laughs) what what are you what are you going for are you taking so okay We've only had a couple, we've had a few Dragonborn on the show, but we've had Jake, who just decided to be Jake, but on cocaine. Mm. And we've had... It's still Jake on cocaine. It's still Jake. It's still... <laughs> and we've had Jamie, who went in a wildly different direction. Yeah, she has to smoke a whole pack of cigarettes before she plays cop. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, which way were you leaning? Is it more grizzled? Is it more authoritative? Is it... So, it is about uh, 30% of my stock Russian accent, but with none of the dropping strange words in the middle or things like that, it sounds a little something like this, and it is very forceful. And I am going to enjoy flogging you. (laughs) Oh, I love the laugh I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, you have misbehaved, and I am a paladin. No, no, now we're no. now see now we're getting into weird territory, Rob. Now we're getting that. That sounds like you're going to give the group a spanking. But uh, before that, careful who you say that to. That's, <laughs> oh, Donovan, you've been a naughty boy. So it's, yeah, I, 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 it may not. Be, it may even be a little less than that. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to turn the dragonborns into like. In, into stock Russians, so I'm like dialing back, and I'm not doing any of the like, like hodgepodge. I don't have English mastery stuff, but I mm-hmm. am. I, I kind of want that. I kind of want that feel, dude. Um, I'm not of the opinion that like okay, Jake not doing uh, an accent doesn't reflect poorly in the Dragon Ball. I look at it as just like everyone's an individual. Yeah, you people have I mean? different comfort zones too. <clears throat> totally. So. You go nuts. You do whatever you want. Yeah. If you want to so. go full Yakov Shmirnov, you do it. No, I don't though. I don't. Right. Like I, I don't. I don't like the idea of don't. like turning D and D races into stand-ins for other cultures. And and if you lay an accent on too thick, I think you can do that. Um, but I, I think I, I walk a fine line with the lion with the lion folk. Like it's 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 like, do I have a right to even tiptoe on that? Like it's yeah. almost. Yeah. Do what? Yeah, you know, it's it's very like I love. Oh my god, uh, the guy's name in uh, Lord of War, the guy who plays the dictator, like that fucking accent's so badass, and I wish I had any right to attempt that. <laughs> I wish, uh, but I don't. 
accents are yeah they're they're tricky and uh yeah. so i'm i'm trying to find the like so this me me having like a stock russian accent comes comes from me like jokingly modifying my son's children's books to be like like <laughs> what if what if this children's book were in fact about like like rewritten as propaganda for a communist regime and so i like <laughs> read the, i read them to him in russian voices and like change change the stories about make them about loyalty to the regime and things like that so i'm i'm drawing upon that but i am uh uh yeah good night good dog carl is good night comrade carl oh that's <laughs> awesome and so uh Oh yeah, yeah. Natasha, my my wife is in the chat, and she is she is she has heard me do this. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's just a dumb thing I do to entertain myself because after like the twelfth time you've read these children's stories, like yeah. you need you need something for you in there. Uh, so so I'm taking I'm I'm drawing upon that, and then I'm I'm like tamping it down to about thirty percent of max uh max power, and then I'm uh also going to make him eloquent and. Uh, I'm I'm going to be working on my my bank of cutting insults because um, because like he he's uh, so I guess another little thing about him he he is uh, he his career prior to adventuring is being like a jailer or like a warden uh, in a prison and he he keeps control like like he's like well you know like okay if these you know if, if I'm like dealing with prisoners who've never met me. I'm going to pick out the weakest looking one and I'm going to break his face. And then you're all going to know what's going to happen to you. If you misbehave, can I, he's that kind of guy, right? Like he's like, he's definitely like a, a, a brute, like rule with brute force rule with utter brutality so that people are too afraid to, um, to step out of line. Uh, it's very dragonborn. Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was a good fit for their culture too. And, and he was almost, um, a jailer in, um, name of dragonborn city is Orash. thank you he was almost a jailer there but then we uh we repositioned him as having done that stint uh as a jailer in brightport um so he's uh, plenty he's, of jails in brightport that's the yeah idea. yeah and, and that's going to make him more cosmopolitan he's not because i that actually ended up really good because i was worried he was going to be one one thing that made Ubo challenging was that he was he was uh, in a lot of ways a very much a, a fish out of water uh, kind of character that he was like you know orc 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 orc, orc isolation orkiness and then okay let's go whereas this guy is going to have yes I grew up in Dragonborn culture okay I got posted in this more cosmopolitan place and now I, I have a lot to draw on I'm I'm very savvy um, so he's 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 a paladin in the sense of his training and then. Um, working as a jailer, he he adopted the rogue levels as he watched the prisoners and learned to turn their own tricks against them. Hmm. So, the end. I just Yay. had an idea, but uh, that's for another time. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in and watching us live. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with us. We'll be back next month with a brand new bunch of people talking about a brand new bunch of episodes. Uh, thank you all, and good night! Bye. Bye. Bye! Bye! Good night, everybody! Hey, everyone! It's me, Ashley, again. I hope you had a fantastic week and really enjoyed listening to this week's episode. I know once I hear it, I'm probably gonna lose my mind because I love this show so much. 
But if you want even more awesome DNR content, you should head over to patreon.com forward slash DNR and check out our new show that's coming out soon, Completely Unbalanced. Basically, what Completely Unbalanced is, is just an arena-style combat with different characters. So, this week, for our first session, we're testing out all level 20 characters, including the Endurance class, which is the DNR's version of Scions. And it's going to be so, so exciting because they have so many different powers, and this is going to be our very last time to see them before the mechanics go to print in the book. So please head over to patreon.com forward slash DNR to check that out. And I will see you next week.